two amazing minds get together with reflective journaling. What? Reflective journaling. Excitement. Mm. Yeah. So we're moving on from the last podcast where we introduced positive psychology. We did. And we said that each podcast is going to be about something else in positive psychology and how we can build... It is a toolbox, isn't it? Of positive psychology-based interventions. interventions. To work ourselves better. I'm going to use your words there. To work ourselves better. So this week we're going to be looking at reflective journaling and reflective thinking. Mm. So I suppose it would be a really good idea, first of all, to think about where reflective journaling fits in with positive psychology. I think it fits in really well with this idea of um, working ourselves better because what reflective journaling often does is make what is bubbling away underneath, so in the unconscious part of the mind, Mm. that part of the mind that just kind of runs habitually, it makes that much more conscious. So we end up almost realising what's going on underneath our behaviours or perhaps our much more conscious thoughts and actions. So once we are aware of what's going on, this has its basis in Freud. So Freud said what we need to do is make the unconscious conscious because then we can do something about it. In terms of positive psychology... If we know what's working well, we can really focus on doing even more of that. And if we know what's not working so well, we can look at what we can do about it. Yeah. So that would be my guess where it fits. What do you think? Yeah, there's something nice about reflective journaling in that a lot of the things that you write, there's an aim, isn't there? There's an aim at the end of it that somebody's going to read it. You're writing for an audience and you're writing and you want to achieve something from it. You're thinking about the content of it. You're thinking about what goes into it. But with Mm. reflective journaling or reflective writing, it's nice to know it it doesn't have to be finished and polished. Yes, absolutely. It's about an outpouring almost, isn't it? Yeah. And one of the things that I'm working therapeutically with somebody and I set them some expressive writing, I say to them, you are absolutely welcome as soon as you finish to shred it. This is not for anybody else. Good idea. Mm. I like that idea. Because then we're free to totally pour out whatever it is that's going on inside of us uh, without the fear that somebody else might read it. Something else in that as well, isn't it? It's gone down on the paper. Yep. You've got it out. As you said, it's, it's come away from you. You've let it go. And there's a nice idea about that sort of carrying on goes further you're not holding on to it it's a one oh, step nice further, isn't it? metaphor <laughs> so you're actually you're putting it on paper and then you're freeing yourself from it yeah you're, you're letting go of, yeah. of it that's it because I, I quite often <laughs> i'm guilty <laughs> what are you guilty of? lots of things actually <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just share this one thing okay then. <laughs> just for today. Um, no. it is legal isn't it because obviously we might have police officers or oh police of the family aren't they yeah there are oh yeah i need to be family. careful yeah. around you don't I? <laughs> <laughs> the thing i'm guilty of i'm hoping that i'm not the only one i do a lot of reflecting yeah it comes with my job i suppose but just as a, a human being i reflect a lot on on what's gone on particularly on that day or yeah. the day before or you know like a conversation i've had or how i've done a particular job but i sometimes find myself over-reflecting because I do it in my head okay so if I'm doing my reflecting in my head so I finish doing something at work and I go over it and I go over it again and then I take it home with me and I'm still thinking about it and I think about it again and I think about when I do my dinner and then I go to bed I'm still thinking about it it's still on my mind and then in the middle of the night I wake up and I'm still thinking about it I'm still reflecting yeah (laughs) by the time I get up in the morning 
I'm exhausted from reflecting. Is that healthy reflecting? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say no. (laughs) Um, Okay, can I ask you a question about that? Mm -hmm. When you do this type of reflecting where you constantly keep going back to the same reflection, Uh is it the same reflection? So are you just replaying the same thing again or asking yourself exactly the same question again or making the same meaning again? Yes, yes, I think will be the answer to that yeah. one. And this is where I think you can separate out effective reflective thinking and rumination. Yeah. So rumination tends to be quite negative. Yeah. Rumination tends to be the what-ifs, the anxiety-driven questions. Yeah. It tends to be focused on the same part of it over and over again. Now, reflection, if you think about looking in a mirror... Yeah. You're not just looking at one part repeatedly. See, what you're doing is you're looking at the bigger picture. You're looking at what's behind you to the left, what's behind you to the right. You can see parts of you in the mirror, particularly if you have two mirrors set up, you can see behind you as well. (laughs) So what we're trying to do with reflective thinking or reflective writing is to be able to spot the bits we've missed. Because as humans, we tend to experience our experiences in a very instinctive or what feels like instinctive way Mm. but it's been filtered by all of the stuff that's gone before who we are how we are what's happened to us and so yeah so we focus in on a small part of our experience Mm. whereas by writing reflectively it's almost like okay you're gonna like this excited right so have this in your mind yep imagine you walk up to a building yep you can see the front of that building yep but you have no idea what's going on around the side or the back of that building. Uh-huh. So you could look at it that your experience would be just walking to the front door of that building. That's your experience. Yeah. yeah. What would happen if you step back from the door and you walk round to the side or you walk round to the back? What you would see would be really, really different. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that's the idea of reflective writing. Okay. So the experience is to walk up to the door and that's all you see. Mm. But actually the house is so much more than that front door. So we need to walk all around it to see what is there. And then we've got a truer representation of what's going on. I guess it would take a lot of self-discipline to be able to do that just by thinking. So to write it down would be a lot more powerful, a lot more helpful yeah, I think it would be easier to do writing that down because if I tried to do that in my head, I would end up in the same place again, going over the same problems, you know, the ruminating. So I think what you've just said there is really useful mm. and that's where the writing side comes into it for me. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree because you know, when you're writing something down, you tend to follow a logical-ish pattern or at least yeah. you know when you've written something mm. down. Whereas the mind is like this basket of puppies that will be running off in every direction. So we'll be going down a train of thought and then there'll be another one jumping out from somewhere else and then another one and another one. Remember that analogy of basket of puppies, by the way, because we will be looking at that when it comes to mindfulness. Coming back, are we? Oh, we're going to come back. I love my basket of puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know that you have a love of English, you have a love of words. And you have a love of writer, yeah, aren't you? I do like a word or you two. You love a word, don't you? <laughs> so one thing I'd like to ask you, oh. when you do reflective journaling, mm-hmm. do you ever struggle with what to write? 
Yes, is the answer to that. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? So, How do you yeah, get around no, that? I, Going back to what I said before, when you write something, I always think about my audience, um, even if it's a text or you know a WhatsApp post or something. So I'm thinking about what I'm writing, so I'm thinking about, okay, how's this going to be received? Uh, am I getting my point across? Am I being understood? Am I being misunderstood? With a reflective journal, you don't have to do that. Mm. You're free. It can be difficult to start because you think, okay, what do I write? Oh, I see what you mean. So when you've got that intention set, I'm writing a uh, message to Tracy about some piece of work yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. So you've got your intention in mind. It's yeah. easier to start. Yeah. So when you're faced by your blank page... It can be harder in a sense because you think, what's my purpose? What? Who am I writing for? What am I doing? So I tend to go back to when I was learning about creative writing mm. a few years ago something called a stream of consciousness. Um, you've had a writer's block. Yes. So when yeah. a writer's trying to create something, they, you know, they sit there with a, an empty page or an empty screen. Sometimes I guess it's the stress of having to produce something can kind of wipe out your creativity. Yeah, so yeah, you just start, course. you literally just start with a thought, just a, a word, anything. Any, the first word that comes into your head, even if it's a swear word. You know, oh, nice. A, whatever <laughs> word it may be, just be, or it could even just be a squiggle or something. But as long as you just start to do something and then you're not trying to do anything, you're not trying to say anything, mm. you just start with some words. And eventually that will just turn into something. And I guess because nobody's seeing it, it doesn't matter doesn't if matter. the first half a page or whatever is just squiggles. Squiggles and, yeah, random words that come into your head. It could be that you're really angry about something, so get those words out on that page or whatever it is that's going on. Purely the words that are in your head. And the nicest thing, I think, about reflective journaling is it doesn't have to make sense. You know, yes, because you said that earlier about not being polished up. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I love about reflective writing is you don't have to think about grammar or punctuation or paragraphs you literally just write and that can yeah. be cathartic in terms of you can swear as much as you like yeah. and you can just rant and rage but also there's that flow that comes when it's something beautiful that you're yeah. journaling about mm, yeah flow yeah I, do you handwrite your journal or do you type or like where do you do your journaling i've tried both and I, I do a bit of both i like handwriting there's something about handwriting that feels more therapeutic mm. i think but i guess that's because i'm from an era of where we handwrite perhaps somebody who's used to using technology more would prefer to do it yeah because i've always heard that you should handwrite it and i know you're gonna you're going to recognise my emphasis on should there. You should handwrite it mm. because there's something about the connection between the pen and the brain or the hand and yeah, the brain. Yeah. And I get that. And I mm. think my experience of it has been probably the most powerful when I've been handwriting it. Mm. But I mm. don't know whether that comes from, again, coming from a generation where we did write yeah, everything yeah. as opposed to type stuff. So I'm going to guess that actually it's finding what works for you I think so because I've also you know I've been out and about and I've got my phone with me and I've decided to put something in the notes on, yeah. on my phone it's just something's come to me I'm, I'm out on a walk and all of a sudden I just feel ah you know that night being really good in that moment yeah and I want to savor that moment yeah so I, occasionally I've been out and I've put a note in my phone because I think this is important isn't it that you know you're not setting out to try and discover yourself no it's purely a 
reflection of your experience so that you can work through stuff yeah. so that yeah. you can save a stuff yeah that you can let go of stuff there's there's a whole host mm. of reasons isn't there and what's to stop you actually voice recording nothing because i've done that before as yeah. well I've, I've just pressed the little microphone thingy on my on my phone and i've just ranted into my phone yeah and then deleted it <laughs> i accidentally <laughs> sent it um <laughs> And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, actually, uh, after we recorded our last podcast, I really felt good. Yeah. And I think maybe part of having this conversation or having a conversation yeah. where you're really exploring your thoughts and your understanding of mm-hmm. stuff helps to kind of move through things. I think there's something that, about it that has a positive impact. It does. Is it immediate, though? Because that's, that's another question. This is something I've experienced before. Mm. I've done some reflective journaling. Yeah. I've written about something that I'm finding difficult to work through. And I've written for a while. And I put my pen down and I've walked away from it. And I felt a little bit sad. Yeah. A bit unhappy. A little bit odd. I don't know. There was a, a little point that I thought, oh, is that, is, was that a good idea? Okay. So I'm going to liken it to a therapy session. Mm that quite often you know there is that release of emotion and it's in releasing that motion emotion we allow ourselves to move through it right if that makes sense one of the big writers on reflective journaling is a guy called james penny baker who for a long time i thought was a woman called penny baker (laughs) 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 because (laughs) people (laughs) just used his surname so i just thought they were talking about this woman called penny baker anyway aside from my uh my ignorance i now know that it's a chap called james he's done a lot of research into the benefits of what he calls expressive writing and just some of the benefits that he talks about there's things like better emotion regulation, yeah, um, yeah. which obviously you know is a big, a big fascination yeah. for me. Big how fan, do we, how do we yeah. learn about emotions? Yeah. How do we differentiate them? How do we regulate them? Yeah. So he talks about better emotion regulation skills come from being able to think reflectively. So if you imagine reflective thinking in its simplest form, being able to step back from a situation and look around it like we walk around the house like the building yeah yeah so that we can see different perspectives we can see different parts of it it kind of makes sense doesn't Mm, it because you might ignore me and i might get really offended by the fact that you've ignored me and i'm perceiving that as well kelly doesn't like me or kelly's Mm -hmm. being horrible to me but actually you might have had something really bad happen that morning and you're not with it yeah and you haven't even seen me Mm mm-hmm so if I'm thinking reflectively, I might think, well, there might be something else going on for Kelly there. Yeah. Whereas if I'm just reacting, I might get really annoyed with you mm-hmm. and message you or ring you and go, why are you ignoring me? You're just so rude. Why do you always do this, Kelly? <laughs> See, is there a message coming through? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real anger. So that might be the case. <laughs> Behaviour. If children can think reflectively they're more likely to behave in a way that's appropriate to a situation rather than those anger thought loops or behaviour loops. It develops interpersonal ability, so the ability to communicate and get on with other people. Yeah. How important is that to just about everything we do? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I think that's particularly 
important for children to learn that from an early age as well especially because now we're, we're communicating a lot more through technology yeah and you can be misunderstood you can be so misunderstood can't you oh, through, yes. through social media or through, through messages that you send because you can't put your tone in. You can't, no tone. I mean, we've got emojis for that, haven't we? But you know. still not quite the same, is it? It's not, is and they it? say, don't they, it's something like only 7% of communication are the words that you say. So yeah. in text and email, we're yeah. missing 93% of mm, the communication. Yeah. But yeah. yes, I agree with you. And I also would add to that that children are seeing less interaction mm with other people from a very early age because people are looking at their phones more yeah. so there is less communication for the child to pick up on yeah so yes it's it is really important and another one for children or for schools is um academic performance that obviously speaks to me <laughs> but if you think about that you know how does that make sense to you in terms of how might ref- being able to think reflectively mm. affect say for example somebody's ability to write a story I, I think it's it's massive because um a lot of what happens in in the classroom particularly from my experience is a lot of self-doubt and that belief that whatever you put on that page is final uh, and you're being judged on it you're being checked so i think to be able to stand back and pause and then put what you want to put down on that piece of paper or on that screen just having that ability to be able to pause. Yeah, is, the pause is, really... is so important. Yeah, You know, in terms of a story in particular, mm. you've got one event, say, in a story, but you might have three characters that are yeah. experiencing that event. Yeah. So in order to make that realistic in terms of each one of those would have a different perspective, mm-hmm. you have to be able to think about those different perspectives, yeah. Yeah. don't you? Yeah, and I think reflective thinking as well helps us to make sense I mean that's that's the obvious thing isn't it reflective thinking is helping us to make sense out of what's happening yeah what's just happened what could happen in the future what did happen in the past Mm. and I think particularly for young people that's a a really important point because lives are so fast Mm. and the communication is so fast there's this anxiety around if, if you send something out you know that the other person's received it because you can see that they've received it and they can see that they've read it and you're waiting for that response. Absolutely. And there's a whole heap of anxiety in that sort of, <gasps> but they've not responded, as you've just said. You know, they're yeah. ignoring me. What, are they, what does this mean? I've actually spoken to some students about this as well, about how they feel about this. Mm. And it, there is a lot of anxiety around that. So perhaps forming a practice around reflection, around reflective thinking, can be really, really powerful for young people. Mm. So when, when you talk about a practice, because mm. I obviously completely agree with you on that because yeah. actually it forms part of our both our amazing me and our for schools and our amazing you and me for parents yeah, programs yeah. runs all the way through that's how strongly but we believe in in reflective journaling so in terms of a practice what would you advise how often should i be oh should mm. oh yeah i can tell you i can tell you loads about what you should be doing yeah <laughs> but if i say i should i'm not going to am i no you're not <laughs> So what's your best advice? My best advice would be to make it your own. There's a lot of research that's been done into reflective thinking, reflective journaling. And I think initially there was advice to write Mm. something at the end of every single day. But then there's the other side of that where you, if you know that you have to, are you going to want to? Mm. So, because I tried this and I found that I was thinking, oh, I'm not very good at this. 
because it got to you know three days in and I didn't really want to write anything and then I thought well I should because the advice is that I need to write something every day so then I started to feel bad about myself okay oh I'm a failure then um, obviously I can't keep this up um, I'm a reflective journaling failure <laughs> That's another thing for me to add to my list of, you know, uh, ruminations for, for, the, for the week. You know? So my advice would be to do what you feel is good for you. Yeah. When is a time that's good for you? It may not even be the same time every day because I know that my life isn't the same every day. No. So I don't have that level of routine in my life where I would say every single evening at nine o'clock I'm going to sit down and write because that's just not going to happen. No. So it's about finding what's right for you and also a place because I've, I've spoken to other people who say, no, I, I actually like to sit down at a table with a journal open and I will write. And that's a comfortable place for me to do it. But you might choose another place. It might be when you get into bed in the evenings. It might be when you wake up first thing in the morning. Your place is just as important, I think, as your yeah, time. Yeah, I would agree. I'm thinking about my own... I say practice because like you, I don't journal every day. No. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yes, I journal every day at this time great for those people that that works for Mm. but for me positive psychology interventions or any kind of intervention along these lines the important thing is to find the dose that fits for you the way you were saying about you need to want to do it Mm. not have to do it and that for me is the has been the most powerful learning in terms of i will journal when i recognize that it would be useful to me And I also like to do journaling activities often. So not just write, but kind of like, yeah, like have a little thought or it might be that I'd almost do a coaching exercise with it and just stick a couple of coaching questions down. And that, interestingly, gets for me rid of that kind of writer's block, starts off my stream of consciousness. It almost doesn't seem to matter what the questions are. They'll get Mm -hmm. to the root of where we're going because my brain now associates sitting and doing a reflective journal in terms of this is going to help me understand myself better and work myself better. I'm going to go back to my thought before about feeling how I felt. I mean, I've I've written something down and I've come away feeling a little bit icky. Yeah. What I find interesting about this, the, the label of positive psychology comes across as being we have to be positive. Being positive is the way forward. Everything's positive, everything's happy. But there's a part of this that moves into the the second wave, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. We need to be able to feel the rubbish and experience the rubbish to get to the good. Mm. So I worked through that when I felt a little bit yucky after writing something that I feel quite, um, I don't know, emotional about. And I've actually physically felt it. And I've walked away from it feeling, I'm not sure that done me any good. Yeah. But then a, a little while later, it could be the next day, it could be a couple of days later, you think, actually, something's clearing. Yeah. So, old, old Penny Baker. Oh, did, did she write about this? <laughs> <laughs> so, old James. Um, so, James Penny Baker has a activity or an yeah. exercise that I have used therapeutically with people on a regular basis mm-hmm. um, and I've used it on myself as well and what he says is if you know you've got something that is causing you a problem or you have a, an emotion around an event that you really want to be free from mm-hmm. he says about sitting down for about 20 minutes each day 
for four consecutive days and just writing about that event or wow. that feeling or whatever it is that you're wanting to mm. work through without any boundaries on it. Uh-huh. Nobody's going to see this. Yeah. And I often say to clients, shred it if you want to, keep it if you don't, it's up to you. But there's no need to go back and reread it. Yeah, it's yeah. purely an outpouring for those four days, just write mm. about that one thing. Yeah. Then after that four days, you stop and you don't think about it for a couple of weeks. Okay. Now you can obviously, when you're writing something like that, it can make you feel emotional or sad or whatever it might be yeah. a little bit. And be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. This is something that's causing you emotion anyway. So the idea is that from that, after a couple of weeks' time, you should start to notice a change in how you feel okay. about it. And I've got this one particular person that I remember working with, and she emailed me prior to a session, and she said, look, in the next session, I would like to work on this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And she said, so what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you, is email you exactly how I feel about all the things that have happened so that you've got it there and I won't miss anything. So knowing her session was two weeks away, uh-huh. I said, absolutely, go for it. Make sure you don't miss anything out. Do it over several days. Mm-hmm. Make sure you've got it. So she did this. <laughs> and then she walked into my office a couple of weeks later, sat down and went, so, about this? She went, do you know what? I feel all right about it. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's, that's sneaking in the back door, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of um, positive psychology interventions that, sneaking the back door yeah you know, so you're distracting your conscious mind mm. for a while making it look over there because it's you... your conscious mind that gets in your it way is, isn't it mm. you were just telling me earlier weren't you about the librarian yeah so i was on um i was on a training at the weekend with the amazing suzanne skeet from tappy twits and she was talking about this this metaphor that she has for the unconscious mind being like a library where you've got all you know your well-thumbed books yeah, yeah. and your closest shelves and they're mm-hmm. the ones that you go to and you know you might be going to one thinking it's a fact book and actually it's a fiction book but you still keep referring to it you're using that <laughs> as your reference and all of those books are like the experiences and beliefs and actions that you hold dear to yourself And actually, sometimes this library needs updating, but you've got this librarian who's there going, no, 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 no. And your librarian, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your your librarian is your conscious mind. So that was was the bit that I added. I I was was really proud of that. (laughs) Um, But I love that idea of, you know, we need to distract the librarian so that we can make changes to those bookshelves so that the books represent how we want Mm. to be now, not how we were. Ah, yeah. Not what labels we apply to ourselves mm. or were applied to as growing up, but actually books that are up to date. Yeah, great idea. Distract the librarian. Yeah. So, okay, do you reckon we could set our lovely people at home mm-hmm. little tasks? Yeah. Little reflective journaling tasks. To have a play with if they want to. Yeah, yeah. So we could use one of the, um, one of the activities from The Amazing You and Me. Yeah, the adult version. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This this is a good one for me. This is Go something on. that I really enjoyed doing. Like the first time I ever sort of consciously did a reflective journal. How would you describe yourself? Ooh. Oh. Oh, messes. <laughs> How would you describe yourself? Just just go. Just go for it. Yeah. Or phrase slightly differently. Mm-hmm. 
Who am I? Oh, like that. See, it's coming from a musical, isn't it? <laughs> it's a is bit it? of lame is there, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. sorry, I missed that one. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I don't expect everybody Miss, to Mrs. be quite musicals. <laughs> Musical theatre is me and a bit of jazz hands going on. Okay, so how would I describe myself? <laughs> how that, yeah, how Who would I describe I? myself? Who am I? Whichever one you want. Yeah. Let us know how you get on. Yeah. How can people let, let us know? Oh, they can get in touch. They can email us. Yeah, how do they to? email us? Info at amazing-minds.co.uk Nice. That's our email address, obviously. Or via Twitter at amazingcic. Yep. Or they can contact us via Facebook, Amazing Minds. There we go. I think that's probably enough options. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah either of those. Fantastic. It's good. So what are we going to be talking about next? Oh, are we going to be looking at um, a little bit of mindfulness next? Yeah. Do you know what? I think the next podcast should be on being mindful. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Time for another coffee? Yeah, get the kettle on.